Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Journey Within Podcast. I have a familiar guest on today, Matt Gindor from the WTA team. Matt was recently just up in uh, British Columbia on a mountain goat hunt. Um, with one of our very good outfitters that does mountain goats, stone sheep, uh, moose, and so forth. That's uh, BC Extreme Outfitters with uh, John Seavers up there. Anybody that's been listening, I did a, a podcast with Chris B. Uh, about a month ago, and Chris was up there on a mountain goat hunt also with his bow and ended up shooting a big billy on the on the first day. So interesting to see if it took Matt more than a day here or, or if he actually had a, had a little bit of weather or what happened there. How you doing, Matt? I'm good. I'm good, Mark. Yeah, Perfect. Just, well, uh, yeah, still getting back into it here. Yeah, not. <laughs> exactly. It's that, uh, for anybody that doesn't know, like at, at the WTA side, really November, I guess we're busy, I mean, busy all year because there's a lot going on. But as for most people that are planning for the next fall or even two falls away, that November, December, through March time is is so busy in the office. That seems to be when a lot of people are booking their next fall trip or whatever. So knowing you're just getting into it here at the beginning of November, Matt, but do you have, uh, before we cover BC, do you have any other trips coming up here in the next couple of months? Uh, you know, it's like you said, it's so busy and so hard this time of year to get away with guys. You know, they're, this is when guys are jumping into whitetails that they, they've got their hunt book they're headed and you know people are rebooking we're finishing up kind of saskatchewan kind of that northern tier waterfowl yep. so people that people that you know have been to the lodge multiple times or you know maybe they were at a different destination and they're reaching back out to us and saying hey you know i i'm, I'm ready for a change what do you got so there's just a lot of moving parts there and then on top of that just all all the you know new clients and things like that so it's a tough time to be away yep but i am looking at uh i'm looking at doing a hunt down in sonora possibly possibly um for a coos deer we need a really good coos deer dedicated coos deer ranch and 
I've been kind of working with the same group of guys for the last couple of years and they've got a beautiful place down there. So if I'm going anywhere, it's probably going to be there, but then it'll be, you know, SCI and, and rocking oh, yeah. and rolling. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a tough time of year to be, be away. Well, up until I started coaching girls basketball in the winter, I happened to always find myself down in Sonora in January too. It was a nice little break from the weather. Um, and actually, we just had our first weather storm here last night. We got dumped on about five inches around my house, which it's it's too early for that. Let's put it that way. Yeah, no kidding. We have we've already had we've already had a dusting of snow, and you know my boys want to get back out. We we did really well in some weekend duck hunting last weekend, but man, I was I had the machete out and had to had to cut us a hole, but we were the only open hole there, so it was pretty uh, in your face type stuff. So mm. I don't know though. It's you know, the sun's been shining, but it's still, you know, in the mornings it's 19 degrees. So I don't, I don't, I can't imagine we're losing much ice. I don't think you're losing very much ice over there. Were no. you mainly getting into mallards there? And for anybody that's listening, Matt lives in uh, South Dakota. Yeah. Stay, stay with the best governor. So, yeah. That? <laughs> yeah. We got, it's, it was, it was interesting because we about, oh, I don't know, for about the last week prior to last weekend, we got a really, you know, um, good strong north wind that moved a lot of birds um and we finally this last weekend really got into some you know big ducks mallards and and you know migrating big purple-headed mallards and honkers and but it kind of bunched everything up you know i was it's odd this whole migration thing you try to play it and and i'm talking to guys you know on monday or whatever you know outfitters up in saskatchewan that are still i mean they're now it's solid greenheads and and honkers up there and then i'm talking to you know joel down at our lost bridge camp down there and and he just acquired a whole pile of birds and and is getting ready for the opener down there so this, this is the time of year they're all spread out they are yeah i think he's got he's got our birds we've got north dakota southern saskatchewan southern manitoba birds and there's still birds coming i think we you know as passionate waterfowlers if we could really look at how large the migration is and how many birds actually move it's it's quite it's quite intense you get a little yeah. sense of it in the spring when you would get to watch the you know the snow geese come across the prairie going mm -hmm. back north but yeah it's it is quite spread out well i've been home in michigan here the last last week so i've been able to get out and do a little bit of bow hunting at night mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's one of those times of the year where you get in the stand and it's just constant canadians coming over top right you just hear them they're migrating like crazy oh, yeah. especially when this when the storm blew in it was a hard north wind and it seemed like every gust had another group of canadians flying over heading south oh yeah yeah and and everybody thinks you know when you see the sky play like that you're like oh my gosh it's going to be done in two days yep yep they're, well, moving, then, too, they're moving too fast it's too fast it's either too slow too fast or not enough yep yep exactly <laughs> yeah yeah well, perfect. Well, let's dig into your trip to BC. Um, before before we dig yeah. into hunt stuff, talk about uh, for anybody that's interested in in heading to BC for a mountain goat or uh, moose or stone sheep, the travel logistics, getting in there, where you fly into, all the good stuff. Yeah, no, it was it was good. You know, I turning fifty this year. I thought, you know what, I hadn't done a good mountain hunt for for many years. As a matter of fact, in my late twenties. So I thought, you know what, I, I really want to do that. And I had a, a group of guys that wanted to go. Actually, two of them wanted to moose hunt. And 
a good buddy of mine who's a little bit younger than me, he he wanted to go goat hunting. So I'm like, yeah, you know what? Let's let's do this. Uh-huh. Let's go. Because I, I I needed to get there anyways to to see John and and to see the team there. So we went from here to we went from here to Vancouver, Vancouver to Whitehorse, uh, stay overnight in Whitehorse, and then hop on the charter in the morning right there on the Yukon River, and charter back into BC, and you'd go into Go into a little lake there, kind of on the edge of Telegraph, and and um, then from there you get into a smaller plane and, and actually fly into kind of a. I mean, I use this. T- I was telling John about this. You know, they call it an upper mountain lake, but my legs would like to differ about uh, <laughs> how how much upper mountain that is. <laughs> but it was it was good. You literally uh, on your backpack and and. You're going to live for X amount of days, you know, to get it done. Yep. And when you arrive in camp, you know, the moose hunters, moose hunting camp is is different than, than goat camp. Moose hunting camp, I mean, you've got these nice big wall tents and, you know, a guy can bring in, you know, his his gear gear can be a little bit more forgiving. Yep. You know, he's not, he doesn't have to live off his back and that type of stuff. We've got, like I said, big wall tents and you're going to get up and, and cook, uh, you know, eggs and bacon every morning and, and it's just super comfortable and, and, and any kind of, whether it's sheep or goats, you know, you're, you're living off your back. you yeah. got to go to where they live. And, mm-hmm. and if we, trust me, if we could put camps as close to those goats and as close to those sheep as we could, we would do it. But uh, yeah, you just can't. So they literally take your, oh, Hey, let's get your stuff out of the plane. Let's go through your bag. So they go through your bag and, and I, I did a pretty good job packing. I did. I did not as not as hoardy as normal. You know, I, I caught myself because I'm sure we all have. Uh, I, I'm a sucker for kind of like my favorite sweater, right? Yep. Like, oh, yeah. uh, things things been around the world. I mean, it deserves to go to British Columbia with me on this one. And we get there and he's like, yeah, well, I got two pairs of these. Well, you don't need that. You only need one. And uh, okay. Yep. So you get. They got one of these. They got one of these. They got two pair. Yeah, you don't need two of those. That's going to go, and you're not going to need that. So go ahead and take that out. And <laughs> and so they whittle it down. And the guys are awesome. Yep. They've just, you know, they've done it a ton. I mean, my guide Brad's been guiding goat hunts for 24 years. I mean, you know, nice. and 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 we've got a, I had a young packer with me, and and another guide, a younger guide, and uh, we our our hunt, Josh and I's hunt. We decided that we wanted to hunt together. You know, instead of going to separate areas, yep. let's just spend time together and we're going to go in and we're going to go and kill two goats together. So they broke us all down, threw us in the plane and got us into camp. We drop in on the lake and, you know, they literally, you know, packs out and throw your pack on and we hike around. Brad was already in there and Brad had our, he was just kind of at the, the pickup spot and he, uh, you know, he had all the food and that type of stuff. So you get over to be hike over to Brad and, and uh, he's got it all kind of, you know, this is what you're going to need. And, and I was, it was crazy. The amount of food that they, that they had for us, you know, you, you're eating mountain house, but he had like big Ziploc pegs full of, you know, from power bars to everything that a guy could need. Like that's your good yep. bag, right? Yep. So you take that and you've got your, these are your meals and, you know, here's a little flavor for your water if you want that. And so then you got to get that into your pack. And I'm looking at my pack just going, okay, all right. 
<laughs> and I go, Brad, I don't think I can get this in there. And he goes, oh, bullshit. You can get that in there. Yeah, we got it in there. <laughs> and he just started. He goes, oh, yeah, you got lots of room. And he just shoved it in there. And I'm like, okay, cool. We got it in. So then we throw on the packs and, yeah, and we take off. And you're heading. And we did about, uh, I think on that first day, we did about we did about five, five and a half miles. And it's not, you know, I was really surprised on that um, on that hike, just the difference in terrain. I mean, we hiked through everything from from like legit tundra uh-huh. to like shale, like rock shale, just kind of all the way you go. You know, we dropped down on the base of this old melting glacier, and so it was muddy. And then you get up, and you just kind of keep stepping and keep working your way up. You know, and I think that's uh. You know, and the guides are really, really good about just not not outrunning you. Not, and that's what I was... Not killing you, know, you on the first day. You know, well, I just, you know, they were very respectful. I mean, I did. I'll be the first to admit I did have a, a conversation with my guides as we got everything full. I said, here's the deal, fellas. I got three rules, three or three things to say. I go... Number one, I guarantee you, I won't be first, no matter where we're going. <laughs> it ain't happening. <laughs> I'm not going to be first. Number two, I won't ever quit. And number three, if as we're hiking, we get to a point where you're like, yeah, let's take a 15 minute the 15 minutes starts when I get to you. <laughs> not. <laughs> that is a great that, call. That's a, that's I'm a, dead that's serious. A, that's I mean, a seasoned hunter move right there. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I, I, I know me, I mean, all I have here is a, you know, what we would, it's our version of a ski hill, um, but it, you can do about 25 runs in an hour. I mean, it's uh-huh. not a big hill. And so that's what I had to train on. So, and I was diligent about it. I mean, I've been training all summer with a pack on and, and going up as much as I possibly could every day, you know, and uh, five days a week, I'd take the weekends off, but still, you know, we just don't we don't live in that area. So mm-hmm. I know that, and you got to go into it. And I talked to a lot of guys about, you know, training for whether it's sheep or any kind of extreme, you know, mountain hunt is if you're going, if you're training and going on that hunt thinking, okay, I'm all trained. I'm not going to be tired. You're me- you're mentally oh. going to get broken Yep. because all you're training for is you're training for, you're going to bust your butt. You're going to work hard and it's going to hurt. I promise you it will. At one point it's going to hurt. But what you're hoping is at the end of a strong day of hunting, you can come back to the tent. You can take a break. You can rest and get up in the morning and your body recoups. Because if you don't do the training prior, your body, instead of saying, okay, I'm good, um, to go in the morning, your body's going to say, Oh dude, you, you need, you need like 48 hours to recoup from what you just did yesterday. So that's, that's my mental game when it comes to those mountain hunts. And that's why, you know, I say it joking to the guides, but I'm, I'm dead serious. You know, it's just, I know me, I'm not going to quit. We're going to get there. Mm -hmm. And, and, and I have to say that I was, you know, our guides, we had a blast, you know, we did, I didn't, we didn't quit and stop. You know, we just, you just keep going. I'm just not as fast as you guys. And we all stuck together and it was, yeah, it was great. We had a, So we did about four and a half miles on that first, it was probably four and a half, five miles on that first day. And uh, wanted to check an area where they had seen some goats prior. Mm-hmm. And it was really, I mean, it's, 
you've been up in up in those mountains before but where we camped i mean it was ridiculous you're overlooking this beautiful you know small little lake and the mountains are around you and oh gosh it's picturesque so gorgeous what were the yeah what were the temps when you were there oh we had we had really good temps i mean it was about perfect you know in the didn't have a huge wind just had a nice breeze but it was in the you know upper 40s to lower 50s oh it was perfect I mean, yeah yeah i mean it was it was exact you didn't have to wear a jacket so you had your you know your just a good a good uh you know comfortable layer on top where you if you're moving you're fine if you stopped and were planning to glass for a little bit you just pulled out your puffy jacket threw that on you know switched from your baseball cap to your stocking yep. cap and and just yeah it was beautiful it was awesome and then it got down to you know maybe maybe upper 30s low 40s in the evenings so we did that first run um that was all good and like i said went through a bunch of obviously went up i mean we weren't we weren't certainly going down i would have loved that but (laughs) (laughs) we were going up and um yeah and, and got our tent set up and everybody kind of everybody had their own tent so we 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 got every camp all set up and then we just took a hike up this kind of up this long sloping ridge to peek off this one end and, and look for a couple different goats that they, they'd seen there in the past and came up with nothing that night got back to camp had dinner and then the plan was um we were going to push on into what they would call okay this i we know they're in there but we wanted to check here and that's a yep. good you know on the first day that's a that was a good good call to yep. just stop and get guys acclimated a little bit so then we got up in the morning broke everything down loaded our packs and we headed out we probably did another another four miles that day and that was a good one i mean that was legit it was it was across one of those giant giant boulder fields oh. that's not that's not boulders it's like these jagged broken yep yep <laughs> i mean it's rough i mean it's rough country and you just got to take your time and and kind of hopscotch your way through that and my worry was is the worst thing you do is like just twist an ankle or oh, something. so you just take yeah your time. then you're kind of screwed so you just take your time and we worked our way through that and we we broke into this we kind of went over this little saddle and um we were taking a break and we kind of glassed back up this valley we were actually going to take a right and go up that drainage to go into the far one but we took a right and we actually spotted a couple goats and so we threw the threw the spotting scopes on them and there was actually four goats up there um that was would be across this long way over on this other mountain so we decided to give those a run the next day and we uh so we just kind of set up camp again by another beautiful little lake on this little plateau and and uh just got everything and we just spent the day just kind of watching those goats maybe three four hours and had a good dinner and had a plan in the morning to we had to drop off this big from the saddle we were on go down and we'll just say back up to the northwest up this big draw to get on the razorback of this giant mountain to go all the way up so we could get behind these goats and uh yeah after a good morning that's what we did we went up there we ended up uh yeah the i mean the story's quite long but well that's all right um okay yeah um yeah i mean we dropped down and made our way all the way up there and got up to the kind of the base of that spine before we were going to head 
up and to the left uh-huh. to get on top of these goats. And as soon as we crested that the top of that drainage, we just thought, well, let's just peek over because it's steep. I mean, peek over is literally, it's, you just kind of peek. And sure, it have it. There was a big billy laying there at 100 yards. Mm-hmm. So Josh took that one. He made a great shot, uh-huh. uh, killed that billy. And so that billy tumbled down kind of this nice, easy slope. And it was really, yeah, it worked out perfect. I mean, his goat looks like it came out of a salon. I mean, it was beautiful. <laughs> It really was just, it worked out perfect. So we just kind of split up at that point. We just said, okay, hey, you and you and your guide, why don't you guys bail off there? And the three of us will head all the way to the top to go after the initial goats we were after. And um, so, yeah, they were, I mean, that was like, you know, nine o'clock in the morning. Yep. Um, and we had a great, we had a great, great weather day. I mean, it was beautiful. Except we had some fog, but you know, it is what it is. Yep. And so we headed up and I look at Josh after he shoots his and I'm like, I mean, you're the one that should be walking up this damn race. Because <laughs> <laughs> he looks at me and he's like, well, um, good luck. Yeah. Well, good luck to you. <laughs> I'll see you I mean, back I'm at not, camp. Yeah. I'm not joking. It is. I mean, it's, you're not like, look at, you're looking up. I mean, it. this is. When you think of, holy crap, that's a big mountain, that's the one that we had to go up. So I just, yeah, we just packed away at it and kept going and um, got all the way up there. And the craziest thing, when we got up there, this thing was flat on top and it was probably 100 yards wide, maybe, maybe 100 yards wide, but maybe 200 yards long, just flat grass right up. And it go, the Razorback, literally, it's like walking up the top of the stair. So you just go up and boom, you're on flat surface. You could have dropped a level on that thing. It was amazing. And when you got up there, you could tell, like, this is where the goats hang out. Yep. And the goats we're after are probably, oh, 100, 100, 150 yards straight across this plane, down these draws off of this thing. And it's... One of our concerns is where these goats are. I mean, it's nasty straight off of this thing. I mean, straight off of this thing. And, um, yeah, we were, I mean, there was goat beds and goat crap everywhere up there. And I just thought to myself, I'm like, man, this is like, this is, we're all just standing there. We're like, this is really, this is where they, it's pretty obvious. This is where they hang out. So we kind of, we've got the wind too, and it's right in our face. So, Brad was like, well, let's just kind of slip up this side. Let's look at that one that was sitting in that bench below us here. So we kind of do that. He's not there. And then that's kind of, that was, that. if he would have been sitting there, that would have been amazing because that was really good and, you know, not, I mean, you could have, you could have shot the goat there and, and been really, really in great shape. Uh-huh. And but there was two other goats behind that goat. If you looked from back at a camp, if you glassed that goat sitting in the bench there, and you glassed past him on that mountain, which is the same mountain. It's hard to explain. It's the same mountain. It's the mountain we're standing on. So we're looking at this bench down to the left. But then there's a big bowl, and then it's got these big, just wicked shoots coming off of it. And the two goats that we that we saw behind the one bench or behind the one on the bench were in those kind of wicked shoots. Right. And I figured, I was just thinking, 
I'll bet you those goats. I mean, that's they're going to come up here to eat. So yeah. I told Brad. I told Brad. I'm like, let's just. Hey, we got the wind. We got nothing but time. It was like 11:30 in the in the morning. So I'm like, let's just maybe we should just chill for a minute and just see what comes up. Well, we all it wasn't hard. We talked ourselves into peeking into the next <laughs> one, right? Yep. Well, let's let's just let's just let's just peek. And uh, oh yeah, we peeked and uh, no nothing in this one. And when I say peek, I mean literally. You could you had to almost lay down and kind of slink out to the edge and look straight down. Like it's, it's a straight rock face almost. And then, so there's that little one, there's nothing there. So, okay, let's just kind of keep working our way out. And I mean, we're both thinking the same thing. We're like, man, maybe we should just, we got the wind. They're going to come up here. Ah, let's just look in the next. So we look in the next one and all and Brad and I are right next to each other. And literally like, it's like, uh, you know, two guys, we're, we're stopping and we see him at the same time. So we both reach, I reach to my right, he reaches to his left and we like high five by accident. And that was, and that was both of us going, Oh, stop right here. Cause he's right there. Uh-huh. And yeah, there's a Billy right there. I mean, right. That's how steep it was. He's literally bedded right there. And before I went on this hunt, I was going to do what Chris B did. Cause I, I loved archery. Hunts. Yep, and I yep. thought, yeah, I should, I should archery hunt this. I just, I've been on a couple archery goat hunts, not successful, but then just life and kids baseball. And I just didn't, I, I, I didn't get to practice as much. So I just turned it into a gunworks rifle hunt. And, uh, so we, we, we both kind of high five each other and just kind of slowly slip back. Uh-huh. About, oh, we, well, we had to go back. It was about a foot. And we looked at each other as we're laying there and he's like, I go, give me, give me a range. And he goes, hold on a second, let me look. So he gets up and he looks and he goes, oh, yeah. I go, give me a range. And he goes, 66 yards. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. He's 66 yards, dude. And he goes, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I'm like, okay. So I'm laying because I don't want to. So I'm laying down and I, 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 I get my, I take my scope cover off and I kind of slide the pack up in front and I, I lay it down and, and Brad looks at me and he goes, you need to kill him right there. Like, don't let him move. So when that being the case, I'm like, okay, so I get a high shoulder shot, shoot him high shoulder drop. We're going to fold him right there. And with, with today's, you know, with the gun works and stuff, I mean, it's just, if you can squeeze the trigger, the gun's going to, gun's better than you are. Yep. Exactly. Yep. And so that's, and I'm not, like I said, I'm not a rifle shooter. So I just, from pulling a bow, I'm like, okay, really concentrate on your, on your trigger pull. So we get on the pack and he's right there. And I exhale right at the bottom and just make a fist. And just, I want the gun just to surprise me when it goes off, hold steady, hold steady, goes off. Well, I didn't have enough clearance. Oh, and the book and the bullet hit. Oh, because the goat's down below us a little bit, uh-huh. and the bullet and the bullet hit mm, ten feet in front of us. Ooh! And all of a sudden, and I, I inst- and I instantly knew exactly what had happened. I jacked another shell, and the goat had no idea what was going on. Yep, he had no idea. And he then he he, 
he stood up and he kind of just looked kind of back our way. And so then I just got up on my knees and freehand shot him right, right where we needed to. And, uh, he folded straight down and I'm like, boom, yes. And Brad and I are high five in it. And, uh, <coughs> and he, uh, yeah. And we're like, this is awesome. And then all of a sudden the, uh, like you could see him. I mean, just boom. And he's laying right on his, right on his legs. Uh-huh. Okay. And he just instantly, I mean, he's dead. Dead as a hammer. And then he, uh, like you could just tell his body relaxed. Oh no. Yeah. His, his body relaxed and, and <laughs> excuse me. And he, uh, tilted his head instead of tilting it to the right. He tilted to the left, and when he tilted to the left, he literally fell. Just started. Did he fall off a cliff, or did he start rolling? Oh, no. He free fell for about 400 feet. Oh. He free fell like you didn't hear anything. There's no bouncing. Like, he fell, like, right off the cliff. Oh. And you didn't hear anything. It was the. It was one of the weirdest five seconds of quiet I've ever heard in my life. Cause we had this huge, a really dense fall bank, a fog bank that was like 30 feet below him all the way down. To the, well, what I think is all the way down to the bottom, but it was probably just a, you know, a cloud base there or fog or whatever. And he, he fell and it was just quiet. Like you didn't hear him bounce or anything. So, I mean, he, he, he fell off of that and we, all of us just, Oh crap. I heard, and Brad just goes, oh, no. And he fell, and all of a sudden, you just heard him hit the bottom. And then you heard him start bouncing. Because he was, if you can imagine, we're on top, and there's a finger. I could have walked all the way out to him and literally stuck him with a fork. I mean, it was right there. I mean, Uh he's not, but he was just enough off the edge bedded overlooking the valley and that type of stuff so if 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 he'd have stayed right where he was we would have literally walked out and just picked him up no problem you wouldn't have known the difference it was like dying in a parking lot Uh but he was right on the edge and like i said his and that's why brad said you you need to kill him right there and uh and that's you know just his head going to the left instead of to the right against the hill Uh it was all it and that yeah, that's all it took. So it just pulled his whole body down. And yeah, it was, that's when the crap really started. It was, we, we finally, you know, he rolled and tumbled and bounced for forever. I mean, and then he got hung up and then Brad's like, man, I see Kirsch Crimini. He's like, well, let's, let's mark this spot right here on the edge of the hill. So when we get down below, we can look up to where we were. And that's going to give us an idea. Okay. He's in this drainage. Yep. And so we did that and, um, ended up getting ourselves down and going down was, I mean, there's just no, there's no physical way that you could get up from going down that way. I mean, that's how steep it was. I mean, it was, it was brutal. And one of the things I told John when he was, you know, prior to John the Outfitter, prior to, hey, you know, here we, we're coming and here's what we're doing. I told him, I'm like, I got one rule, zero repelling equipment. 
fact, if we need to put repelling equipment on, I'm not doing it. <laughs> yep, yep. It, ain't, <laughs> it, ain't, it ain't happening. This body doesn't repel real well. <laughs> and so, you know, I'm just, we're, so we work our way down and we get, and I'm literally standing straight up on this, going down this thing, standing straight up, leaning against the mountain. That's how steep it is. I mean, it is oh. steep, steep. And so we end up getting down below the below and we, we see him. He obviously he's dead and we see him, but he's hung up up there in the really, really nasty. Just, yeah. Just like no man, no man should go there. But the good news is, is we've got, you know, our packer with us. Who's, you know, he's one of those 22 year old flat bellies. Yep. Who, you <laughs> who's just wiry and tough as nails. And so I give him my trekking poles and I, you know, and we send him up there and <clears throat> he works his way and he actually, he gets to the goat and he's like, yeah, it's not good. And we get, I mean, we're talking, you know, cause he's probably 200 yards ahead of, uh, on up, up above us. And so we just said, we got to, he goes, there's nothing we can do with him up here. There's it's, and he's literally, I mean, I just can't tell you how steep it is. It's uh -huh. brutal. And so then he, yeah, we're like, well, just, you got to get him down to where we can work on him. And he says, yeah. I, so we just yelled up, kick him loose. Oh. And so we ended up, he kicked him loose and he rolled all the way down to about 50 yards from us. Wow. Because um, once he got through that, then he came into this kind of really gravelly, nasty, still straight up and down, but uh -huh. just this huge gravel shoot. And he came, and when he got to him, he had 100%, you know, I'm sure on impact, but he blew his horns off. and So there's no horns, no nothing. And Brad said, in the 24 years of guiding goats, he goes, that's the second time that's ever happened. Wow. Yeah, it was tough. But it was, you know, that I, I'm not a, I don't, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have changed it for anything. You know, it was a, it was a great hunt. And, and still we, you know, we worked on the goat, but then, you know, while we, you know, we in reach say we, we got our goat. And so Josh has got his goat. He's back. He got back to camp. They were back to camp by noon. So they broke camp because um, the plane said, Hey, if you guys can get to the extraction like tomorrow, which was on Saturday, he goes, we need to get you out. Yep, weather because coming. If you don't, yeah, he said, because if you don't, Sunday, we, we won't get you till probably Tuesday. Because Sunday, Monday looks terrible. Yep. And and so we're like, all of a sudden now we're in. And we're in a, we're, and there's no way to go back to camp the way that we got to where we are. Mm-hmm. Cause you had to climb out of that bowl we we're in. Well, there's just no way anybody with a pack and a goat. And I mean, you're not going to show our only, once we got the goat all taken care of was to bail off of this, go all the way down, all the way down, go down there, go up the face of this whole next mountain, oh. go down that mountain, and go all the way up the face of the next mountain side hill that over to the saddle to where we were camped oh and so we so that day when i shot my goat we did 11 and a half miles 
And when we got back to camp, it was a, yeah, it was a, it was real. I mean, (laughs) it was, my body was doing things that were not right. Yep. That is, I mean, all all of us, all of us were, all of us were a little broken. Not going to lie to you, but we all, you know, went to bed and, it was funny because we're like, oh, man, tonight we're going to eat everything we own when we get back. Uh-huh. We're just going to gorge. I'm having like four mountain houses. I'm going to eat that whole bag of, of bars. And <laughs> we were just, we had it all planned out. We got back. I think we split a cup of soup and went to bed. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm, too ti- <laughs> I'm too tired to eat. Yeah. I mean, it was just, you're too tired and you're just sore and, and, uh, and yeah, it was, but that's exactly what goat hunting is. And I mean, it's, yeah. And it, uh, but we went to bed, we got up with the sun, we loaded everything we had, bodies were good. We made the eight and a half mile trek out and we were to the, you know, our goal was to be to the extraction lake by like three o'clock and we were there by one thirty. There you go. An extra hour and a half to relax. Yeah. So we sat on the bank and put our feet in the lake and waited for murray to come get us yeah that is mm-hmm. that's why i love and hate mountain hunts everything you everything you just described <laughs> at the t- at the time you're doing it during that 11 miles how many times did you question why you're doing this oh i mean yeah i mean you're just you, the- you can play you play mind games yep. with yourself i mean and 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 then you know i mean it's just up <laughs> and it's constantly up and it's never, um, yeah, you're uh, just like, good night. I'm laughing over here because I, I can just picture those situations cause I've been in them so much. I'm not laughing at the misery that you yeah. went through, but just, yeah. just that. And I know when you said, cause I've done the same thing. Oh man, I'm so hungry. Right. Yeah. I'm going to eat and I'm going to eat. And then finally you get there and you're like, my calves hurt. I can't feel my feet. My quads and hamstrings are shaking. My I've gone down two notches on my belt in a day, which I don't even know how that's possible. Yeah. And all I really want to do is I want to put up my tent, get my sleeping bag out, and I'm going to go fall asleep in there for about 10 hours. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Rough Tough custom seat covers are the roughest and toughest seat covers on the market. Their custom fit is second to none not to mention all the options they have to match your active lifestyle. If you're an outdoorsman like me, their special ops package is a must. The package includes two rifle scabbards that hold two long guns, 
plus molly loops and a bunch of other pockets to help organize all your gear. I just had a set installed in my new Toyota Tundra and they look amazing. If you want to learn more about Rough Tough seat covers, go online to www.roughtough.com. Worldwide Trophy Adventures is your ultimate outdoor connection. We all know that good hunting ground and great outfitters is becoming increasingly difficult to find. The only way to ensure access to the best area and outfitters is to spend a lot of time, money, and effort to research these destinations. Worldwide Trophy Adventures does this legwork for you at no charge. By booking your trip through WTA, you can rest assured that you'll be in a great location with a reputable outfitter that we have certified and endorsed. So if you're looking to book the trip of a lifetime, make sure to give the team at WTA a call at 1-800-755-8247 or check out their website at WorldwideTrophyAdventures.com. I'm a believer in using the best, and that's exactly what Gunworks rifles are, the best on the market. If you want to sharpen your skills and ability, make sure to check out their Long Range University. From the rifle build to the perfect shot, Gunworks is your partner in the pursuit of long range perfection. 1,000 yards out of the box. Yeah, and that's the crazy part is that, you know, you go to bed, essentially. It's not like you hang out and build a big fire and you're going to hang out till 10, 11 o'clock at night and then go to bed and get up at 8. I mean, you literally, after those days of hiking, you know, when it's dark, you got your headlamp on and there isn't a headlamp on for, I mean, you might say, hey, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to sit in my tent and read my book. I, I think I got three pages done. Yeah. You know, out, out of the whole trip, obviously the night I shot my goat, I didn't even crack my book. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Going to sleep. But yeah, it was, uh, it was quite intense. I mean, at the end there, getting to the tent, you know, you, you I mean, those guys were, they were ahead of me, maybe 50 yards ahead uh-huh. of me or whatever. And Brad kind of crested the last little bench there to, and the tent was just right, right over that bench. So it was pretty easy, but he dropped his pack and then he came back just to make sure that I was, you know, doing all right. Yep. And he's standing above me as I'm kind of coming up this lat, the last to get on the bench, you know, to drop in and, and maybe a hundred yards from the tent. And he just said, he's standing there in the slippers and goes, you all right? And I was just leaning on my poles and I looked up at him and I said, yeah, you know, I'm all right. I'll get there. And he looks at me, he goes, your nose is bleeding. And I said, yeah, yeah, it's been bleeding for about the last hour. And I'm like, yeah, that's all right. Get there. It's just, and I got to the tent and, and laid down, you know, had some, had a literally two drinks of soup. And went and laid down, <clears throat> and my body shook for probably four hours. Mm-hmm. Couldn't sleep. Oh. It just shook, and it was—I'm sure it was a combination of obviously overexertion. Yep. You know, um, you can drink as much water as you possibly can, but I'm sure there's a little bit of dehydration there. Absolutely. There's probably because you're there's probably a little bit of hypothermia there there. And then, the, and then your bot, your, your legs and your, your muscles are just like, they're just quivering. Mm-hmm. I mean, I literally, and so the next morning, you know, and then I finally fell asleep and the next morning I told Brad, I'm like, man, I, I laid my tent and shook last night. He goes, God, so did I. He goes for like two hours because I just couldn't shut my body off. <clears throat> and, uh, he goes, yeah, it was, well, that was, he goes, that's, 
that's one of the top hikes I've I've done in 23 years. So I'm my my trip was certainly not the norm, but it's you know it's it, again it's knowing what you're getting into yep. and and preparing yourself mentally and and just going and doing it. And I wouldn't trade it for the world. I really wouldn't. You no. know what happened to my goat does not. Uh, it doesn't diminish the hunt and the experience I had in some of the most beautiful, wild, goat-infested areas. I mean, you know, I mean, Josh's goat is just under 10 inches, just a big, giant old billy. Um, you know, Brad got a really good look, and we got a really good, you know, my goat was right in that same caliber. It's just, it is a very special goat area. Mm-hmm. And, and you take, you know, if, if I had Josh's hunt, I mean, I'd have talked about, you know, oh, yeah, we walked up and just peeked over the edge. Gosh, it was awesome. And, yeah, the hikes were hard. And, you know, we, stuff. I just I just drew the short straw on that one. Yeah. That's okay. That's yep. okay. Now, talking about that, that, like I asked you that question, how many times you question what you're doing on that walk. And then in my experience, that hour and a half you sat there waiting for the plane with your mm-hmm. feet in the lake. Mm-hmm. And that plane ride back, that is mm-hmm. when it, it hits me. I'm going to do it again. That for yeah, me, it's that that's yeah. where it, it all comes together, right? Because now you you've pushed your body and mind to a max of yeah. a mountain hunt and an yeah. experience that very few get to really experience, right? Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. quietness, the the remoteness of everything, the Man, I gotta watch every step because if I if I roll my ankle or something here, it's serious, right? Like if I twist something, it's 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 a bad deal here. And, yeah. And every day you're pushing yourself like that, and I I think I did a uh, I remember saying this on a podcast in the past of when I when I went on the stone sheep hunt with Dad, right? Mm-hmm. Dawson, who was my guide, he mm-hmm. he said it was like day two, I think it was. He looked at me and he goes, "You're finally here," and I'm like, "What What do you mean? I've been here for." 40 hours now, right? Like, I don't mm-hmm. know. He goes, you finally shut off the outside world and you're mm-hmm. here. You're you're fully engaged now with this because you realize any of the last minute texts that you were trying to send as the plane mm-hmm. was taking off while you had the last service is sent. The email mm-hmm. that you saw the day before you got here that's been on your mind, that doesn't matter anymore. That's, nope. on, that's on hold. Anything that is at the house, do you know, you're like, for me, my wife's got it. I in reach messenger. There's nothing mm-hmm. I can, there's nothing I can do in, in where I'm at right now. If something happens, yeah. as soon as I could get there, if I call, if I hit the button right now to get out, I'm three days away. Cause I got to yeah. hike to somewhere to get a plane. First of all, yep. the weather's got to be good enough to get in. So all that, what I call outside noise, that's gone. Yeah. Right. And your yeah. sole focus of the day is survival left, yeah. right left right i'm here that's it. and that's when you take it in right that's when you you wake up in the morning and you actually see the sunrise and you are hiking yeah. and you and you look and you're like man is that like we saw some grizzly bears down low when we were there and yeah. you, you just sit and you watch this grizzly bear work for an hour mm-hmm. and you just just watch <laughs> it and it disappears into the woods and yeah. then you just get up and you continue on with your day but you take that stuff in which i think like i know for me if I have my phone and it's always buzzing, there's always something to do. Even if I'm yeah, at, like it, when I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna go um, archery hunting for whitetails here tonight at my house. Mm-hmm. I know when I'm there, I have signal in my stand, 
If it's mm -hmm. not cold enough, I'll be messaging and emailing while I'm there in between, right? So yeah, you're hunting, mm -hmm. but in today's world, you're always kind of working, kind of seeing how the kids are doing, what, what everything's going on. But there, like that mountain hunt, man, it's that's what's special. Like you may question it at the time, but then all of a sudden you get done after it and you're like, that was such an amazing experience. And like, I find I come back, I've got more pep. I'm truly re-energized. Yep. It's, it's not like for me, if I go on a vacation at a beach, right? Not really. Like you may not, I don't come back refreshed after a week doing a vacation like that. I come back just like I did when I left, but I'll, after I come back from that mountain hunt, like I come back mentally refreshed. Oh yeah. I mean, there's no question. I mean, I think he, you know, they always say engage in the process and enjoy the journey, right? There's very few spots left on the planet anymore where when the lights go out, meaning the sun sets, that you can't see signs of man. I mean, and I've been, I've been to some places where I'm like, yeah, there's, I mean, and all of a sudden you'll see like a light off in the distance. Yeah. Or an airplane, or, you know, or an airplane yep. or something. And it just, <clears throat> You know, what I found, Josh and I talked about it too when we were done. He's like, you know, you, you, you're surrounded by all this beauty. And and I think Dawson's line to you is awesome. You know, you're finally, you're finally here. And, that, and that's really, I mean, that's, that is very, uh, very aware of him to mm -hmm. recognize that as a guide, you know, and, and know that that's how, you know, when he's guiding people. You know, it's going to take a day or two for people to be present. And and when and and when we're when Josh and I were talking about, it, you know, you're in some of the most beautiful country in the world, but you spend so much time looking down, yep, taking care of yourself, making sure that your feet are right, and you know, that's that's all that's all part of it but it's it, you're right i mean it's just it's crazy you go to bed with the sun you wake up with the sun when do you ever do that when you're at home never and you think to yourself gosh we're going to bed already i mean the sun just set yep. i mean brad's in brad's in his tent he's in his tent he I and mean, josh and i are trying to you know we're just like what well, dude aren't we going to sit around the fire and chat mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> no you go to bed well i'm all, all you can think of is well christ i'll never sleep and then you get in there and boom, you're asleep in 20 minutes. Yep. You hit this deep sleep and you wake up in the morning. Yeah, and, and it's like, real. I feel it's real great. Sleep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's real sleep. Like I just did, you know, if I were to take that same, what I just did today, whatever the hike may be, and I did it at home, I did the same thing and I did it at home. You still, you wouldn't, it, it's not the same. No, it's just simply not the same. And, and, uh, that is, Mountain hunting is a completely, it's a completely different world about just with the pursuit and, um, you know, and you think, gosh, you know, it's such vast territory. Like, how are we ever going to find what we're after? Because yep. there's not sheep on every hill. Yep. There's not goats in every drainage. There's not moose, you know, in uh, around in every swamp. And so you just, yeah, you just you get into the mindset of just do it. And I, and I say, just do it. Not like I didn't enjoy it, but you, this is part of the process. It's part of the process. So enjoy what you're doing and, and relish in it. And like I said, the, when we first started, I mean, where we camped that first night and the second night, I mean, those are, those are ridiculous places. 
<laughs> I mean, that's, yeah. And I don't know. I don't know how many people have camped here. Not many. Not many. But I, but I'm part of that crew. I can tell you that. No, and right. uh, and goats and mountain creatures are, they're pretty. They're pretty special where they live. And like we, I get the chance, you know, how one of the good breaks we got after killing the goat and we get up over the first mountain, drop into the second mountain. We were watching and up on this one slide, there was a sow and a cub and on the, you know, just separating them, maybe 500 yards was a big boar. And we were sitting there eating a, a bar and having some water, having a 15 minutes. And, and all of a sudden, uh, you could tell like the wind must have switched or something because all of a sudden that boar just stood up and he looked like he smelled her uh-huh. and he took off and it was he's come he was coming and all of a sudden she looks and she sees him and she takes her cub and just bolts and he was like i mean that's wild and it was because the boar yeah. yeah i mean that boar 100 percent is coming to kill your kid yep i mean that's what his whole mantra is he's coming to kill your kid and hang out with you and you know, she didn't, she didn't let that happen. She no. just took off. So yeah, it was just, yeah, it's a spectacular area. And mountain hunting is just, yeah, it's, it's such a unique, crazy thing. You, you fly into those hills and you're like, there's no effing way <laughs> I am going to be able to do this. And you can do it. So it's, you just got, you got to take your time. Yep, one one step in front of the other. That's why you've yeah. seen how many hundreds of times that somebody goes on their first mountain hunt and they talk to you about them just, just going on this one and then mm-hmm. that's, that's it. They go on one, right? And then it's over. It's like people going to Africa for the first time. You go to Africa, trust me, you're not going just once once you've been there and experienced yeah. it. And, and, and on the first time mountain hunt type deal, you know, because I get those calls. Hey, I've never mountain hunted before, but I, I do, I want to. And so I try to be realistic, you know, do, yep. do, and make sure they know what they're getting into. Yep. And then I've gotten calls from clients when they're done, you know, let's say they go on a goat hunt. I can think of one, one call I got last year, guy went up, killed a goat. He said, that's the greatest thing I've ever done in my life. And I don't ever want to do it again. He, he, he goes, just had that memory of this yep. is it. I yep. don't want to diminish that memory. This is it. No, he's like, mission accomplished. I am not a, a mountain hunter, but that was spectacular. I want nothing to do with it. And then I get a call two weeks later from another client that says, I killed my goat and I want to hunt every sheep and every goat and anything that lives in these hills. Yep. Yeah. So you either like are all in or you're all out, you know? And, and so I, and it's, yeah, it just comes down to the, your mental approach to it and you know, to each his own, I guess. Yep. Well, I've, yeah. uh, I'm set to go with John in mm-hmm. 25 mm-hmm. is when I'm heading up there for the, the moose goat combo. So mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to getting, getting back in there. Obviously I'm semi hoping that we start the mountain goat first part of it and then get that out of the way and then get back to that nice comfy wall tent versus starting with yeah. the wall tent and, and enjoying the eggs and bacon in the morning and then yeah. having to hike. Yeah. Yeah, and we killed, you know, the two guys that were with me down at Moose Camp, you know, that getting us out on that Saturday with that weather change, it really kicked the moose in and they killed, they both killed bulls in two days after that weather change. And they were all, you know, I think they were all, you know, between 50 and 55 inches. They were beautiful bulls. I mean, just great, great Western Canadian. It is. Yeah. Yep. 
I would I would say that's probably one of the better values in the moose world right now. It a hundred percent is for a moose. I mean, it is. Because you're coming, you know, you look at the price of you look at the price of the Yukon, you look at the price of Alaska and what that's done and, and where it's gone. Um but for a guy who wants, you know, he's maybe he's gonna go on one moose hunt. Yep. And he wants just a really good representative of the species, that's a it's a great moose hunt. It for, really is. For if you think about the adventure aspect of it again, yeah, right? totally. you're flying in, you're gonna be in a wall tent, you're I mean, such high it. success. The whole thing, right? The whole mm-hmm. the whole experience of it, yes. Yeah, it's it's about as good as they come. Yeah, that's a good one. So on on that, I mean, it was getting mm-hmm. into what we what we call uh, booking time, right? Like everybody's mm-hmm. starting to plan for next year. What have what have you seen? Like, if I asked you, what are some hidden gems that people? And this covers any any type of hunt, right? It can be feathered, mm-hmm. fur, you name it, in North America, mm-hmm. anywhere. What are some hidden gems that, like, if somebody called you and asked, "Hey, Matt." No, you got a ton of experience. What is something that you would recommend for me? I know a tough question because it's yeah. I mean, if we're talking big game, I don't know. Right now, it seems to be. I think one of the better values, better values in the in the big game kind of adventure travel world right now. When you look at the current state of caribou. Mm-hmm. You know, those prices are increasing, areas are shrinking. Yep. Um, I think Greenland is probably the probably one of the best values when I look at adventure travel, you know, where you're going, what you're doing, quality of game, quantity of game, and then the service over there in our southern lodge is is it's spectacular. I mean, how they got that how they got that lodge stuffed way back in that fjord with all those cabins, beautiful cabins. And they put it on the moon is just crazy. And then on top of that, that's coupled with, you know, world-class fishing and you can, your dollars just going to go a lot further Mm -hmm. than, you know, and I'm talking about someone who's just, Matt, I've got X amount of money and I want to go on a really good adventure adventure big game hunt yep you know because because obviously you don't want to do that um it's kind of like the moose thing right some guys if you don't matter i've killed three or four moose i'm looking for a giant bull you know it would be it would be a disservice to send somebody to british columbia for a giant bull yep gotta go go farther north yep yeah having a having a legit chance at a you know a 60 inch plus moose yep you know, could we kill that in BC? Yeah, but it would be a fun, it would be a, an anomaly. Yep. Um, you know, it's kind of that same thing. So guys that, you know, they may need a caribou for their North American 29, then we need to go caribou hunting and it's yep. still going to be a great adventure. But that's one of those where, you know, it is what it is. I need this animal. We're just going to pay the price and go and get it done. In- but just in the adventure travel world, Greenland in the big game world right now is... It's pretty special. How how have uh, I know we're coming up on the season here? We're still a couple months away, but uh, mm-hmm. the WTA exclusive on the King Eiders up in Greenland too. Mm-hmm. Like yep. I, I imagine uh, any early yeah, early season reports. I know we got what is it three months till we got hunters up there. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean that's just a really you know that's for a specific animal. You know you're looking for the king. The caveat there is there's a ton of commons around, um, so you're going to get good shooting. Um, and then Greenland itself, you know, 
is it's a special place to be. I mean, mm-hmm. and there's something about hunting out on the ocean, um, you know, with decoys and all that type of stuff. And there's just something about being on that water, I think is, is pretty darn special. We've got, we got quite a few folks booked up there this year. So I'm, I'm excited for that to get started. We're just starting to work on airline tickets for everybody. And yeah, that's awesome. That is, that is one of the spots that, that we hunted during the waterfall slam that I'm going to get back to as soon as, as soon as my kids are out of, out of sports in high school, that'll be one that frees mm-hmm. up my winter and it's an odd time to get up there in that January, February. But yes. it was like, I tell everybody, right. You, you have the, the last frontier of a lot of hunting spots that mm-hmm. I know the generation before me saw a lot of the last frontiers, right? There are a lot of those spots oh, yeah. that opened up. And for, for like, I always look at it for me, there are not many last frontiers left, right? The world's developed. Yeah. It's like, there are not very many of those. The last frontier for me on waterfall hunting was Greenland, right? Yeah. When we went up there, yeah. there was nobody that had done it before. There was, no, there was none of that, right? Like it's those ducks mm-hmm. were seeing our decoy line for the first time. Yeah. And I mean, there were a lot of eiders that came into it, but there was like, yeah. like that, that was it. Like, so when people ask me on Greenland I'm, and I'm like, this is, this is what it is. If I tell you right now, this is the last frontier of waterfall hunting. It's because it's so new that like Arkansas. Hundreds mm-hmm. of thousands of people go every year, right? Texas, mm-hmm. Florida, all these, all these places. Hundred, like so many people. Greenland is so new. If you just want that exotic experience, right? Like a mm-hmm. true, true chance to take a great king eider, which is like the pinnacle duck of. I was going to say for a really, for a really cool bird. <laughs> anything of them, fully colored. I mean, the thing yeah. is bigger than a football. It's just like this, yeah. so hardy. And you see where they live, and you're like, how does it live here? How does mm-hmm. it make it? And mm-hmm. it's just in, like you set up on those island chains and you look off in the ocean and you're like, man, that ocean goes a long ways. And yeah. this is, this is us. We're the, we're the last one here, right? You're the, you're on the, the last rock looking out into the ocean, waiting for a, a king to go by. And then all of a sudden, okay, day's, day's over and you go back and you have, a, you're staying in a cool town or on the boat yeah. or any of that stuff. And you're like, that's yeah. a great experience. Yeah. But. Yeah, I, I, you know, you talk about the last frontier. That's one of the things, you know, just Brad, our, our goat guide, you know, he's just been like, he, they know those areas, right? You know, who was, who's the out, who, who started this area way back when and all that type of stuff. And we found ourselves talking about that stuff a lot when we were, whether it be sitting on a ridge, just glassing and, and, you know, Somebody would say, could you imagine what it was like to be back in like the, you know, Ernest Hemingway days when they, when they would go to the Yukon uh, invited by the government to go and to go and essentially see what, uh, what game exists in this area. I mean, could you imagine the size of the stone sheep and and just the the moose and the, when you get into those mountains and, and I mean, they, but their, their excursions were, were you know, 30, 40 days of yeah. just living off of living off the land. And, and, you know, they would take, uh, yeah, they would take, you know, just they have, you know, some makeshift backpack or their version of a backpack back then. And, and they would just go, just go. And they had a pocket full of stuff and we got, you know, this and we saw these and we saw these. And, yeah. I couldn't imagine. And I, I agree with you. I think Greenland is a, is a last frontier for sure. 
Yeah, it's pretty cool. Pretty, pretty special area. You know, Africa still holds a tremendous amount of value to it. Mm-hmm. It does. New Zealand holds a tremendous amount of value. There's some good, we have a really, really good whitetail camp in Mexico that holds a tremendous amount of value. All right, I mean, for, yeah, no, you listen, know. I'm looking forward to getting there in January. So Yeah. Yeah. That's there's 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 still some good good value out there as much as our, our world, you know, our, our adventure travel world is changing price wise and things like that. But there's there's still there's still great adventures to be had at a, at a fair price for sure. Yeah. No, that's, that's great. I always like hearing, hearing stories like yours, especially when it deals with, with mountain hunting and knowing that I'm going to be there in a couple of years again, that's a one to get me excited and a reason to keep working out. Yeah. You've been on some, you've been on some pretty extreme mountain hunts. I remember you way back when I, you and I chatted about your trip to Nepal and that was, it was interesting. Yeah. So well, anytime, anytime you're doing crazy, crazy stuff like that. And, <laughs> and just with everybody's heard the story from me, if you listen to one pass, one podcast, I'm sure I'm, I've said it right during COVID. I, I quickly looked around and realized how quick my, my kids were growing. Um, so completely changed my schedule, just like millions of people in the U S right. They all realized something and something happened mm-hmm. during COVID and it changed one way or the other. Well, mine was, I realized how quick my kids were, kids were growing and how much time I was spending away, um, mm-hmm. on these, on these trips. And you, it's like one of those things you just realize you get so caught up in, in work and, and building the brand and then doing all this stuff and it's going so great. Right. But then all of a sudden you're like, no, cause I'm at that time I was like, Seven and a half years, my, our last kid's going to be out of the house and into college. And when yeah. I was when I was younger, and your kids are younger, it seems eighteen years is forever, right? A lot, a long and, time. And then all of a sudden, you get to seven and a half, and now all of a sudden, Shelly's four and a half, right? She's halfway through her eighth grade year, and then high school goes by in the blink yeah. of an eye, and you're like, yeah. Then I always tell my wife, like, we're just going to be staring at each other. I'm not sure what we're going to do, but we're just going to be staring at each other because it's just going to be you and you and me back. So like, I took that time and and just retracted a little bit on, on those big international ones, just because they take so much time to get there and so much planning and, and, and so forth. But my ultimate goal is, is, is when Shelly leaves to go to college, obviously I'm going to have a lot more time is that I get back into doing more of those big international mountain hunt ones to where mm-hmm. that's where if I'm home, I'm, I'm usually working out a minimum of five days a week, a lot of times six or seven, right. Just to, to keep going. Cause I've also seen during COVID when you say, Hey, I'm not going to work out this week or two weeks and then three weeks, how, what that does, right. It's easier to maintain than it is to, to completely redo it every time. Oh, of course. Yeah. 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 I'd be lying to you if I, I've taken a little time off since that moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, my uh, my niece just, said, "You know what? We're going to take a little bit yeah, of time." Yeah, just full disclosure, I I haven't put the pack on for a while, so <laughs> we're good. There's no there's no white tail I can't handle. But, but yeah. if they said, "Hey, we need you to go here," like, yeah, uh, listen, my pack it just doesn't it's not working anymore. It's not, yeah, <laughs> just need yeah. a little bit more of a break. Yeah, so. No, it was all good for yeah. sure. Oh, that's awesome. Well, thanks for your time today and love catching up and hearing the stories yeah. and so forth. And if you do make it down coos deer hunting, I know we talked about this. I, I still need to try to get a coos with my muzzleloader and my bow. So yeah, well, I'm hoping yeah, the sure. ranch that you're going to is, is, is perfect for those. 
Well, I'm pretty pretty confident this is the right spot. We got to do our due diligence, right? Yep. Yep. And it's one of those things for anybody that's listening that hasn't coos deer hunted. They call them the gray ghost of the desert for a reason. Um, I've yeah. Heard, I've There's heard something it. about them that really, really, it's always intriguing. It's, they're so it, mean, uh, they're it, so yeah. mean faced. If you look at them through the, they look like they just yeah. look mean. <laughs> and you, and it's funny because yeah. you're watching them on a desert floor or on a hill and you're or on a, on a mountainside and you're like, got him. He's not going anywhere. He takes three steps and he disappears. Yeah. He's and, gone. and he's like, where where'd he go? And you'll sit there and glass that hillside for six hours and he'll show up a mile and a half down on the other side. And you're like, how did that deer make it from spot A to spot B and everybody glassing didn't, didn't catch him again. Yeah. No, I, I, yeah, I've always thought they were just, they're just a cool, cool animal. I mean, I, you know, and they're not obviously known for the headgear, but there's just something about the pursuit of those things that I've always had. I've always had the interest in doing it. Yeah. If you, uh, it's one of those things, right? There's so many things in the hunting world that you can get addicted to. And that's one of them just because of the type of hunt it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a spot and stalk for a whitetail that is as loose, as elusive as any of them. Yeah. And they're so darn tough and so aggressive and cover so much ground. It's just, it's, it's amazing experience. My understanding is that they, when they're in the rut, they rut hard. Oh yeah. Very hard. Very like they, hard. they're, they're aggressive. They're like, they get after it. They're, they're little tough guys, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, like we've, we've talked about before, the coolest part about animals is where they live. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's, I, I talk to a lot of guys who are like, Oh, I'd never do that. And, or I'd never do that. And, and there's, there's many trips that I've had over the last, you know, 10 years that I didn't really want to go to just because, but we have to go. Yep. We have to go and see it and make it. And, and there isn't one of those trips that I was like, yeah, I didn't like that. Nope. And so always. I just think, yeah, I just think the coolest part about animals is where they live and, and the people that surround them. And, and coos deer is another one that just really trips my trigger. Yeah, for sure. So, Yeah. For sure. Well, perfect. Now, now I'm now I'm ready, right? I just gotta go take a yep. shower, and then I'm heading out to go go whitetail hunting today. Sitting some snow here in Michigan, which is not what I was expecting early November, but I'm gonna take it. Usually, the day after a big snowstorm, deer are up and moving. They ought to be rotting a little bit. They might be smelling a little different. No? They they are chasing. I, ha- I I didn't say this when we started. I happened to check. I'm, I'm addicted to trail cams, right? So when they came out with yeah. trail cams, I've I've got way too many on my phone, and the, and the bill is just insane. <laughs> but I'm addicted, right? So it's like yeah. some people are addicted to gambling. Some people are addicted to alcohol, whatever. I'm addicted to, yeah. to trail cams. So I yeah. happened to check, and at noon today, one of my target bucks showed up oh, nice. just at noon. So I'm like, you know, he's up and on his feet now. Now I just got to guess where he's going to be later. Yeah. Well, you better get showered and get out there. Exactly. Perfect. Thanks, Matt. Thank you, Mark. Take care. Thanks for all your support and downloads. If you like this episode, please go and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts as that always helps. Do you want to book that hunt of a lifetime? Then give the team at Worldwide Trophy Adventures a call at 1-800-346-8747. Or if you want to start a tags portfolio for those limited entry tags, call 1-800-755-8247. Enjoy your journey.